You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. We're off the schneid, baby. Second win of the season. Let's go. We are hot, we're on a winning streak, and we are back on the road to mediocrity, baby. Let's go. Let's go. We're not going to be bottom of the league, baby. We're on our way to get right into that middle stack. Because why? Same old Dolphins. Great win. Hey, listen. A win is a win is a win is a win. And as as kind of unimpressive as the game was in the grand scheme of things at the end of the day we got a win and you know that's great especially because there's no advantage that the Dolphins get losing games this year yeah I guess you could make the argument if they lose and lose and lose and end up with a terrible record it's going to be that much easier to walk away from this current regime and we know that there are many people out there who are done with this regime yourself among them and I'm I'm kind of on board with that as well at this point but again at the end of the day as a Dolphins fan it felt nice to be heading into that four o'clock window and knowing that hey we won a game we won we didn't lose today and that's good you know all all the other stuff aside I'm happy I was happy that they got the win I, I I listen you know I can't help it I was happy but I mean, did it did it feel good though? Did it really? I mean, did you did you feel good about that performance? Well, it's relative because it certainly felt better than it would have felt had we lost that game, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess. I mean, I yeah. There you, you go. You know where okay, I you know where you... I feel on it. I, I you know where where I land on it is like you said. I, you know, I know we don't have a, a, a well, we have a first round pick, but it's not our first round pick. It's San Francisco's. Uh, but uh, so, you know, I, I want us to tank, but not not for the draft pick, but because Stephen Ross needs to be beaten over the head with how bad we are to finally decide to 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 clean house and, and get rid of Chris Greer and get rid of Brian Flores because every little ugly win like this is only going to convince him that somehow us starting one and seven was a fluke and we had, we just had all of these, these nagging injuries and a matter of circumstances and the ball didn't bounce our way. And if a few things went our way, we'd be right in the thick of the playoffs and uh, I'm waiting for it. I, 
that that's where we're going to end up at the end of the season is Stephen Ross and Brian Flores and and you know the positivity uh, of of about half the fan base saying you know we really caught some bad breaks but next year we can bring back these same guys with a couple of tweaks and everything will be fine but it's not it's not this team needs a major overhaul uh maybe not like a complete rebuild because i think there's a decent foundation of some young talent uh but there's a long way to go this team is not a year away or anything like that and they and they certainly are going to need uh somebody else drafting the players and they're going to need somebody else certainly calling the plays on the offensive side of the ball and really somebody else just being the head uh the head football coach uh to to really steer the direction of this team philosophically yeah, and we'll get into some of the, well, what the biggest sort of talking point is right now in what is the latest in kind of a long line of strikes against Brian Flores. But, you know, for now, as you kind of look at things, it's, hey, you know, we still got the win. We still got the win. And that is good enough, at least for right now, for all that that is worth. <laughs> so the Dolphins off the schneid on a one-game winning streak and have a big game coming up Thursday night as they welcome Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens to town. But before we get there, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this game against Houston. And and, and listen, as as tepid as the, as the offense continues to be and as, you know, kind of unimpressive as the game was, I mean, this was every bit of what you would have expected in a meeting between two one and seven teams I thought the Dolphins defense at least played a pretty good game and again you kind of have to you have to temper that statement with understanding that this was a game against the Houston Texans which is one of the worst teams in the in the entire NFL on an offense on the offensive side of the ball and this was a team that was getting to Rod Taylor back for the first time in a really long time uh, I think it was his first game since week two so this was a team that was definitely out of sorts and the Dolphins certainly took advantage of that but you know hey they forced four turnovers that's pretty good. We can get into the fact that they also turned the ball over five times themselves, but they forced four turnovers and that's really good. And I thought the defense continued to look good. Christian Wilkins uh, had a good game. I thought Jalen Phillips is continuing to look good in the way that he's getting after the quarterback. The defensive line certainly seems to have gotten a boost from the return of Raquan Davis. And, you know, when you take the game against the Bills last week and you take this game against Houston, there are at least early indications that perhaps the defense is is on to something. And again, we're talking about the Bills team, a Bills team that is sort of out of sorts offensively on its own and a Houston Texans team that is a complete disaster. But, you know, you, you play who is in front of you and that being what it is, I you know, I it was good to see the Dolphins defense not just lay down and make a complete mess of it. And the fact that they didn't give up a touchdown is is a good thing. Now, of course, you can also say that Terod Taylor had a wide open Danny Amendola at one time, at one point in the second half. And if he makes that, makes the, the right pass, it turns into a, an easy touchdown for Houston. But Taylor misses the guy and, you know, the Dolphins get away scot free. But it, it was a good game for them. Uh, Javon Holland. Uh, got his first career interception, which was really great. Brandon Jones continues to look good at safety as well. You know, lots of, I, there's a lot of things that you can say about the Dolphins that are negative, and, and and I'm sure we'll get into some of that. But brain, this was not 
all bad news on Sunday. It wasn't all bad, but the only reason that it wasn't all bad was because Tyrod Taylor had about played about as bad a game as I've seen a quarterback play against the Dolphins uh, in recent memory. I mean, he was brutal. He was absolutely brutal. And I think the, the, the Texans did Miami a huge favor by not just playing to Rod Taylor, but by continuing to play to Rod Taylor, even after it was obvious he was just completely out of sorts, had no business being in there. Davis Mills absolutely would have given them a better shot to, to win that game. But hey, they stuck with Terod Taylor because I guess they're they're tanking for the top pick and their tank is going better than the Miami Dolphins tank because I guess they got more to lose for. You know, you know the old saying, one team just wanted it more. The the Texans just wanted it more. They wanted that loss more than the Dolphins <laughs> did. And they, and they should Terod Taylor just took the Texans on his back and just led them, carried them to the loss column on that game on Sunday. Hey, you know, it's what happens sometimes. Sometimes the other team just wants it a little bit more. But it was good, I think, to see some of these players, and you had to feel good for some of those young players in particular, to have them go out there and put in a great effort and walk away with a W. That is a good thing. Right. And there's no way around. There's no two ways around that. Right. It's it's good for Jalen Phillips and Christian Wilkins and and Mike Kosicki, who needs to be signed immediately to a longer term contract. Uh, sign him up. It was good to see those guys get to go out there and get a win. Right. That's all. That's all good. But there was also quite a bit of bad as well. And the bad starts. Well, first of all, the bad starts before the game even starts, because about an hour before the game, we got word that Jacoby Brissett was going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. And it wasn't because Tua was going to be inactive. It was because Tua was going to be the backup quarterback. And the the whole thing is that in the second quarter of the game against Buffalo, Tua uh, apparently injured his finger. I don't know if he hit it on somebody's helmet or whatever the the whatever the case is, he injured his finger on his throwing hand and it was a fracture that eventually, you know, began to swell. And the swelling didn't make him unable to hold a football. It didn't make him unable to throw a football, but apparently it was, quote, impacting his ability to throw the ball down the field, which is a laughable reason to bench somebody because you don't throw the ball down the field to begin with. So that's kind of laughable. But so it's so that's the first part, right? Okay, whatever. He can't throw the ball. You can't make all the throws you want him to make. So you're going to start Jacoby. Fine. But to have him be the backup quarterback, what happens if Jacoby Brissett gets hit eight plays into the game and now has to miss the rest of the game? Now two is playing anyway, right? So if that's going to be the case, why not just start him? And I, that I- led me. And, and uh, I'll let you go ahead. Give your thoughts on this, because I've got a whole I've got a whole diatribe that I'm going to go on here in a minute. So go ahead. I don't like it. And I'm in agreement with you. I can see the logic because the the logic is that Tua at 70 percent isn't as good as Jacoby Brissett at 100 percent, but is better than uh, what's his face? The third string guy that they just Jake signed. Jake Dolagala. 
that, that he's better than him at 100%. That 70% of Tua is, falls somewhere in between. I don't necessarily agree, um, but I, I can understand the logic there. Yeah, well, here's here's the thing. It just comes back to the fact that whether you are a fan of Tua, whether you are somebody who thinks Tua is not the solution, is not the guy, would never be the guy, and you've already decided, you've made up your mind that he's not the guy. It all comes back to the fact that the Miami Dolphins have completely botched the quarterback situation for this team every step of the way. They have botched it. So first off, Everything leading up to the draft of Tua was was great, right? They, they lost all the games. They got their pick, right? I mean, you could argue that they actually botched it in the lead up to the pick because they ended up only ending up with the fifth pick in the draft the season that they tanked, right? And if they had ended up in one, they probably would have drafted Joe Burrow ahead of, of Tua. But regardless, they get the fifth pick in the draft. They draft Tua. They seem to have immediately decided that they were having buyer's remorse with the fact that they drafted Tua. And so that was the first thing. So then they they bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick and then they completely mishandle how Tua is introduced as the starting quarterback. He's put in um in, in, in during a time where the offensive coordinator wasn't even prepared for Tua to become the quarterback. They implement him, they force him in, they say, you're the starting quarterback now. And then after that, they of course pull him in the middle of games, they put him back in, they pull him again later, and they're going, they're doing this dance with, uh, you know, oh, well, Fitzpatrick gives us a better chance to win right now and blah, 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 blah. That whole thing is a mess, right? Uh, then we get to the end of that season and now it's time for the revamp. So now it's time to, the big thing is he needs some weapons, right? We need to get some weapons into this team to help Tua. So we're going to bring in some wide receivers. Okay, they draft Jalen Waddle at six. I, I, you know, you can't really argue with that. That's a pretty good pick. Although some people want to argue now in hindsight and say that maybe the Dolphins should have stayed pat the whole time and ended up with Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, whatever. Jalen Waddle, a very good weapon for the Dolphins to have. But then they bring in Will Fuller, an often an oft injured wide receiver to supplement the existing wide receiver core that is made up of oft injured Devontae Parker, oft injured Preston Williams, and then Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and Isaiah Ford. And Mac Hollins. Not a significant upgrade of the wide receiver room because Fuller can't even get on the field. Parker can't even get on the field. It's the wide receiver situation remains a disaster. Okay, well, upgrade the offensive line. Uh, let's bolster this offensive line. Well, that's clearly been a dumpster fire. This offensive line is one of the worst offensive lines in the entire National Football League, if not the very worst, right? It's a dumpster fire. It's a disaster at every turn. So they're going to let him play behind this line and he gets, he gets hurt. So whatever he gets injured, understood. So he goes, he goes on IR, he comes back and you're pretty loudly showing that you don't have confidence in this quarterback because you're going after Deshaun Watson and whatever, you know, you can fault them for going after Watson or not. Um, 
But the fact is, you're going after this other quarterback, and when you have the opportunity to deny it or play it down or say, no, that's not what you're doing, you, you never do. To the point that we learned that the owner of the team was seeking permission and received permission to talk to this other quarterback, right? So you're completely undermining this guy who is meant to be your starting quarterback, right? Again, botching the situation. Finally, that trade never happens. You don't end up, uh, you know, acquiring this other quarterback. So you're, you're left with Tua as your, as your guy, you're left with this quarterback. And then in your, the first opportunity that he has to play, you say, we're going to put him on the bench behind a guy who is, you know, proven to be not terribly good and not terribly efficient as a quarterback. And whatever the reasoning is for doing that, whether you're you're protecting his injury, whatever it is, it really doesn't look good when you've got this guy who is already, you've publicly kind of declared one way or the other that this is not your guy going forward. And now you're going to sit him on the bench behind this other guy with knowing full well that if the, if the starter gets hurt, that he's going to have to go in there and play anyway. It just, the entire thing just makes no sense to me. It's been so poorly handled. And, you know, it's not an argument in for or against Tua, because at this point, even if you're against Tua, the smartest thing to do is to put him out on the football field and, you know, hope that he plays well so you can get good trade value for him, right? That's the best thing you can do, because the, the alternative is you'd never play him again for the rest of the season. And... You know, then people are like, well, why should we give you anything for this guy that you're not going to play? So the entire situation is a mess. And it comes down to Brian Flores just handling it poorly to the point that now looking ahead to the Thursday night game, we still don't know whether or not two is going to play. In fact, Flores said in his press conference on Tuesday that if the game was tonight, the game was Tuesday. Jacoby Brissett would start and Tua would again not be inactive. He would again be the backup. The whole thing just reeks of incompetence at every level from this organization for a change. Hashtag same old dolphins. Yeah. And I, you know, I agree with a lot of what you just said, really everything that you just said. And I feel like you left out a key point, which, which is another step in the, the development, another step along the way where the Dolphins really screwed this whole thing up was when they got rid of slash, uh, Chan Gailey resigned and they had the opportunity to bring in, hand pick an offensive coordinator. And they decided to go with co-offensive coordinators and a third third quarterback coach to be the one calling the plays just to make things more of a clusterfuck for for your young quarterback and they don't know what the hell they're doing there um so they they screwed that up as well and as for the way that they're handling all this it looks like Tua by all reports Tua wanted to play on Sunday Wanted to play through this injury. He played through the injury even after getting hurt against Buffalo. He practiced all week last week. It was a game time decision and they benched him. And so he looked like he was ready and chomping at the bit to go in. By all accounts, he wanted to, he, he was ready to go back in there this week. He may still play this Sunday. This may just be gamesmanship. Thursday. 
Uh, yeah, he may still play on Thursday. It may just be gamesmanship. It may just be getting the Ravens to, you know, have to prepare for both guys and not, you know, so, and, you know, and they end up playing Tua. That might be the case. But let me ask you a question. Let's take Tua out. It's a total hypothetical because there's no way that you could ever do this. But I'm game. Let's, let's go. Let's take Tua out of the equation and replace him with Ryan Fitzpatrick. If uh-huh. Ryan Fitzpatrick broke his finger and wanted to play through the injury and you had a backup quarterback that you knew was not very good, do you think that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the backup? No, 100%. No, 100% he'd be out there. Because here's another point, right? You know, Flores is like, oh, we got to protect Tua, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Do you remember in the game against Tampa Bay, early in the game, Jacoby Brissett uh, strains the hamstring, has a hamstring injury. He's playing on a bum hamstring. And when Flores was asked later in the game, well, did you ever think of, you know, sitting Jacoby down and putting in Reed Sinet? He said, no. Jacoby was going to be the guy. So there is some sort of disconnect in here, right? Where they are content to let these other quarterbacks play where they are not content to let Tua play. And at this point in the proceedings, I don't understand why. Like, what do you have to lose? So so this is the thing is that, you know, Mike you know from the dolphins talk daily president of the network he'll 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 tell you and he'll he'll bang the the drum on this over and over and over again and say they do not want him greer flores they don't want him that's what he says the thing is brian flores a hundred percent does not want him brian flores did not want him last year the move to put Tua into to insert Tua as the starting quarterback when they did was a hundred percent a Brian Flores decision. It's it was evidenced by uh, the the handling of Tua as the starting quarterback. Every piece of evidence along the way has shown that Brian Flores has very little to no confidence in Tua, regardless of how many times he says so. Uh, you know unconvincingly at a, at a press conference. Uh, Brian Flores wants nothing to do with Tua as the starting quarterback. And at this point, he's winning the argument against Chris Greer because they, because they don't have Brian, Ryan Fitzpatrick to, to lean on. And Chris Greer just said, all right, screw it. I'll get you your guy and Deshaun Watson. The owner put the kibosh on that because we couldn't get, you know, because of the grossness of them trying to get settlements and couldn't get that. And they could deny that all they want to, but that was a bunch of crap. We all know what the truth is there. Uh, and so they're trying to get back on the same page. And the only thing that they get seem to get back on the same page on is that they don't want Tua to be the guy, but it's quite obvious whether you like Tua or not that he's better than Jacoby Brissett. He's significantly better than Jacoby Brissett, and he's way younger and in a in a developmental stage of his career where his ceiling is far higher than Jacoby Brissett. And I also think for the people, look, I'm not a Tua stan. I'm not part of Tuanon or whatever you want to call it. I'm not this believer that Tua is the guy, 100%. We got to do whatever it takes to stick with Tua and never move on. No, I'm not 100% 
convinced one way or the other. But I think it's quite ironic that we have a fan base and a coaching staff that is trying to write the legacy of Tua and write Tua's ceiling off when we just had two years of Ryan Fitzpatrick playing quarterback at a 10 to at a top 10 to top 15 level at like 37 years old and a journeyman quarterback who had you know a lack of physical tools never really anything impressive very journeyman like you know always a mediocre quarterback and playing the best football of his career at the, at age 37 yet Tua, 13 starts into his career. Oh, this guy's done. He's never going to be the answer. Yeah. I mean, that, it's, it's pretty ironic and it's pretty ridiculous. It is. It is pretty ridiculous. And I'm going to say this. Uh, look, and I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way here. But if you are out there and you're saying that 100% this guy is the answer and you're completely against the team trying to bring anybody in, uh, you know, that's just kind of, I understand, I can understand where you're coming from in, from that perspective, but you have to be willing, you have to be willing to admit that an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, and even a Deshaun Watson in a vacuum are a significant upgrade at quarterback right now. There's, there's no question about it. There's, there, it is, it is undoubtable. And not only is it, is it an upgrade, it is a significant upgrade, would be a significant upgraded quarterback. You can make an argument as to why doing that is not the right move and why it makes sense to stick with Tua. And I, I can understand it, but I am not sold on the idea that Tua is a hundred percent the guy. And there are people out there who seem to believe that. Likewise, I, I don't believe that we are at a point where it is 100% clear that Tua is not and will never be the guy. And I know that there are people out there who believe that. There are people who are out there that have been saying that for a long time. And at this point, you cannot have a uh, reasonable discourse with those people because their their mind has been made up from the beginning and they're not looking at it from an objective place. They've 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 made up their mind and their mind is closed to the possibility of anything changing. To the point that somebody told me uh, somebody told me <laughs> on Sunday that wow, the Dolphins move the ball more efficiently with Jacoby Brissett than they do with Tua, which is just laughable. Right. Yeah, so, that's they just it's not true. No. And the you 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 take into account first off they put up 17 points against the worst defense in the league Correct. and got th- and got four turnovers to help them out in doing so. And turned and, the ball over five and times. And Jacoby Brissett turned the ball over three times. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, let's pump the brakes on that, okay? But again, this, the, the whole conversation that I was saying is not an argument for or against Tua one way or the other, because you can make that same argument that they've mishandled the situation if you want to get rid of Tua. You can make that argument that they've mishandled him. And the same thing for if you're in support of him. So th- the entire situation is a mess. And if we get to Thursday and we see the same thing happen again, where Flores decides he's going to play Jacoby Brissett as the starter while having Tua as the backup, there's something else going on, and I think it will be pretty safe to say that at that point in time. Now, I, I want to put that conversation to bed for now because we could go on and talk for hours and hours and hours on end about the Tua situation. It's, it seems to be a, a bottomless pit of of despair. But let's talk about some other things from this game in the in the Houston game. Brain, you know that the Houston Texans are one of the worst 
run defenses in the entire National Football League? They're they're one of the worst at everything that you could possibly do on the football field. Can I tell you what the Dolphins' final rushing numbers were at the end of the day on Sunday? I know what they were, but yes, enlighten us. 25 rushing attempts for 47 yards. <laughs> this is the, the longest week to break running. out the running game. That's what the, we said. Break out the running game. The longest run of the game was seven yards. They was that by Jacoby Brissett? <laughs> I, think it, I think it was. Yes, it was by Brissett. They averaged 1.9 yards per carry. Miles Gaskin carried the 20 carries for 34 yards. And can we talk about the Dolphins' insane insistence on running the ball on first down? Like, I don't know how you feel about analytics. Okay. You you don't need to, if you like, if you're a super analytical person, if you're, if you're really into the analytics aspect of things. But if you look at, at, on a basic level, What analytics will tell you without even diving in too deep is that passing the ball on first down gives you a much better chance at achieving another first down, particularly when you're averaging 1.9 yards per carry. How many times on first and 10 did the Miami Dolphins run into the back of the offensive line for a a gain of one yard or less. Over and over and over again. It's just, here's the thing, right? This is a coaching problem that the Dolphins have. Obviously, from a play-calling perspective, it's one thing. But you hear all the time the Dolphins talk, you hear uh, Flores talk about it. They got a lot of smart players out there. They got a lot of guys who have a good mind for the game, right? You talk about it, their offensive lineman, Jesse Davis, super smart guy out there. They got, you know, these smart quarterbacks, these smart players out there. And while there is a time and place for wits out on the football field, most of the time when it's 11 versus 11 out there, obviously you need to have a smart quarterback. But if it's everybody else, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who is the most athletic And who's going to make a play? The Dolphins might have a lot of smart players, but they don't have a whole lot of players out there that are terribly athletic. And if they do have players who are the great athletes and that should be able to be out there and compete, they have been coached so poorly because then these guys are out there in their head thinking all the time instead of playing the game. Right. It's this. I mean, anybody could tell you, yes, you train, you watch the film, you do all of this, you learn the patterns, you learn the plays, you learn the routes, you learn what the techniques are going to be to the point that the technique becomes invisible. Right. It needs to get to a point where you're not thinking about the technique so that you're just out there executing and you're not thinking and your physical tools can take over. Whatever seems to be going on behind the scenes with the Miami Dolphins, with this coaching staff, they seem to be coaching this team to a point that these guys are out there thinking, and the whole time that they're out there thinking, they're getting their asses kicked by everybody they go against. It's embarrassing, and it's bad. And now, they're welcoming one of the top teams in the AFC into Hard Rock Stadium on Thursday night. A mobile quarterback that they have all kinds of problems with. They have all kinds of problems stopping quarterbacks who can move. And they're probably playing the very best when it comes to that. 
Because and now is is not just that Lamar Miller uh, Lamar Jackson can run the ball, he can also throw the ball, and he's got weapons: Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman. Might even have Sammy Watkins on Thursday. He's got Mark Andrews, right? And then they've also got a, a you know, a pretty motley crew of old running backs, Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. And it sounds like Latavius Murray is not going to be good to go on Thursday. But anyway, this is a team with weapons. And you know what the Dolphins are going to do to stop those weapons? They're going to put all their guys out there, throw them out on the football field, and have them think at the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and... 137 to 16. Do you know what that is? Is that the, the, the score of the last two times these teams have met? That's the combined score of the last three times that the Miami Dolphins have played the Baltimore Ravens. 16 points in three games. 137 to 16. My God. They're losing those three games by an average of over 40 points per game. Wow. They uh I, and it's hard to it's hard to make an I mean the argument of for them not losing by 40 points is just that hard to lose every game by 40 points. <laughs> but it it seems it would seem like uh it's the same recipe. You're going up against a team that is far better, far, far more physical. Much better defense. Your offense can't move the ball. You might have your backup quarterback. Uh, you're you're completely in shambles. It sure feels like we're going to lose by 40 points. Yeah. And, you know, you say you can't lose by 40 points every time, but the Dolphins have done a pretty good job of not losing by 40 points this season. So we're due. And yeah. what better team to, to do it than the team that has, you know, uh, you know, grown accustomed to beating the Dolphins by 40 points. When will the NFL learn not to put a Ravens-Dolphins matchup on national television? I think they do it just just because at law of average they just want to see like it's got to change at some point. They just want to be there when when something different happens. I don't know. Uh, But it's going to be ugly, folks. Uh, there's not, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to be positive about here. There's no reason to expect anything different. Uh, the Dolphins are, are not going to, to be able to do anything. And you could call it a trash outlook all you want. You could say that I'm being negative, but 137 to 16 speaks for itself. And this coaching staff, and their trash play calling and their mishandling of just about every decision that can be made both on and off the football field. Uh, it speaks for itself. There's nothing, there's no reason to have any positivity coming into this game. We could hope. I mean, we could hope that things will be better. And at this point, as a, if you're going to be the positive Dolphins fan, that's what you're leaning on. You're leaning on blind faith. And hope that somehow things will be different this time around. But if you're any kind of analytical person, you, you, I wouldn't be betting on hope. No, I wouldn't be betting on the. I don't know. I don't know what the line is at the moment on this game. And we'll have a new video from uh, David Behrman right here on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel coming up. Uh, before the game on Thursday with his best bets of the week over there, pick six 
is the show on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, which, by the way, you should be subscribed to if you're not already. Subscribe, like this video if you're watching this on YouTube right now. Hello, how are you? Hope you're having a wonderful evening. Make sure to like this video and turn on notifications so you're notified every time we go live. But yeah, I, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of numbers that are supporting the Dolphins going into this game against the Ravens. Now, you can say that the Ravens defense has taken a, a step back this year. This is not the same Ravens defense that we've grown accustomed to. So that means that maybe there's a possibility the Dolphins could produce. But this is, a, a, a you know, for all of the steps backwards that the Ravens defense has taken this year, it's a better unit than the Houston Texans that we put up 17 points against. Right. So I, I, I don't know what to tell you now. You, you've got, OK, it's a Thursday night. It's a short week. The Dolphins are at home. They've been at home. The Ravens are traveling down. So maybe there's a possibility there. But again, not holding my breath here, not holding my breath on this one. I'm, I'm fully expecting the Dolphins to get rocked pretty bad. Of course, last time I, we thought the Dolphins were going to get rocked pretty bad. They ended up, you know, putting up a, a pretty good showing, at least for part of the game anyway. And so you can take that for what it's worth. But, you know, this just everything about this game coming up on Thursday tells me that the Dolphins are going to get boat raced out of their own stadium here. And listen, talking of the stadium, you see the pictures of that stadium at kickoff on Sunday, Brain? Yeah. I mean, it looked like a Dolphins game. It, did you see all of those empty seats? Yeah. Are you paying attention Stephen Ross, this is the product that you have built. This is it. This is it. This is what you, this is what all of those millions and millions of dollars, this is what your fancy new training facility has brought. A two and seven football team that struggled and farted and tripped over their own dicks into a 17 to nine home win against the Houston Texans. <laughs> Well, at least they've got something going for him. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> but I mean, they, you know, he is getting Super Bowls because of the, of the stadium renovations. And I'm sure that's really all it really came down to. That's I don't good think, for him. Like, obviously, I, I think Stephen Ross wants to win. I don't think Stephen Ross is like, oh, we're trying to lose and, 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 you know, doesn't have fans and feels like, oh, I've got to, change i don't think he's looking at that and saying that's why he needs to make a change at the end of the day miami like most sports towns and like most sports teams has a relatively fair weather fan base that is going to show up when times are good and it's not going to show up when the product is crap and nor should they. Why would you? I wouldn't spend my my hard earned dollars to to go week after week to see that this garbage on the you know product yeah. every single Sunday. Uh, so you know I can't blame them, and that that is what it is. But at the end of the day, if the team starts winning, the the stands will be full, and that's just. It is what it is. And that's, that's like 90% of the, of the fan bases. That's like 90% of the teams really in all of sports, not just exclusive to the NFL. If, if times are good, your stadium is full. If times are bad, your stadium is half empty. And the, the Dolphins can, you know, 
beat their chest and we could talk about the 72 team and this great tradition and all those years that we were winning and winning and winning and how we've got this such a great loyal fan base. But at the end of the day, we're just like any other sports town. When the team sucks, we're not showing up. Yeah, uh, and so and, and that's what it is, and and so at the end of the day, Stephen Ross isn't going to look at that and and make any kind of decision based on that. He's going to look at it and say, well, are we on the right track? Do we have the right people in place to turn it around? And that's where, you know, I I still say that you know what is ultimately best for this organization is to clean house, and I think the only way that it's going to be going to get through the head of Steven Ross that he needs to clean house is if this team continues to lose because if they because they've got this soft stretch of games and if they win these games like if they would have won this game 34 to 3 and and dominated the Houston Texans and then went out, you know, and and started winning games convincingly against bad football teams then you can make the case but they looked awful on Sunday. That was an awful, awful performance. And they were lucky that they played Terod Taylor and the Houston Texans because any other team in the league would have beaten them. And so th- this team absolutely needs to lose because these fraudulent victories can add up and give a false sense of security to this team and to this organization that we're somehow not that far away when in fact in reality we are incredibly incredibly far away uh and that was my hot take last week or on, on our last show uh my hot take this week was it was i i had this whole take but i don't know all right we're gonna do it all right i'm gonna lose a lot of you but it seems like we have got kind of an intimate group tonight anyway. We don't have as many people watching this week. So, Brain, um, Brain, nope, you know, you, you've lost a lot of people over the years, but that's okay. Well, we're, we're about to lose more because okay. the, the views Miami expressed Dolphins, on, this, on this program are not necessarily the views of DolphinsTalk.com, Manscaped.com, or BetUS.com. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Use promo code Dolphins Talk, save 20% and get free shipping uh, at Manscaped. Use 20% and get a 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com. Wanted to get that in there before everybody jumped off the broadcast, you know, so keep the keep the sponsors happy before you before you jump offline. Okay, brain. Okay, go go alienate the people, brain. Here we go. Pre- prepare yourselves for Aaron the Brains, hashtag one hot take. All right. So... For those of you who've been listening to the show and watching the show for a while, you know that uh, my guilty pleasure is uh, watching the Bravo Real Housewives with with the wifey. That's 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 like you know some people watch pro wrestling. Our wrestling is is the Bravo Real Housewives, and the Miami Dolphins are the Real Housewives of the National Football League because. If you've ever watched The Real Housewives, and like, I'm not talking about just an episode here or there, but really like watched like a whole season or multiple seasons. In every, in every franchise and in every season, there is at least one and often more than one housewife that starts off every season talking about how, you know, I've learned a lot. Since we, since the last season, since the last time we were all together and I've really grown so much. 
and I'm I'm gonna be you're you're seeing a new me. It's a it's a brand new season, and it only takes a few weeks into that season for us to realize that they're back to the same old tricks. You know, the person that said, I'm not going to lose my temper. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be Zen Wen or Zen Jen. If you're watching Real Housewives of Potomac or Real Housewives of Salt Lake City this year, uh, we're going to be Zen Wen. We're not going to get into fights. And then four weeks in, they're like throwing a butter knife. They're yelling. They're, they're getting into an altercation. They're pulling somebody's weave off. And, and this is where we're at as the Dolphins. Every year we, we buy this bill of goods, how things are going to be different. They know what they're doing now. They've learned from past mistakes and they've really grown. And we, at some point we really buy in a couple of weeks. We're like, you know, I think things might really be different, but just like that real housewife that you thought was going to be done throwing butter knives and cursing people's moms out and pulling people's hair, just as they are back at it a few weeks in, the Miami Dolphins are back to being incompetent and losing football games, and not just losing football games, but playing all-around boring, sloppy, ugly, dumb football, and being a laughingstock of an organization. And that's why they're the same old Dolphins, the Bravo Real Housewives of the National Football League. That is, that is some take. That is, we have really, this is where we are on this show now. You're comparing, it's bad, I mean, it's bad enough you're watching, listen, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you for I, watching. Actually, I have the one, one thing, one thing. Oh here. my God, there's, there's still going. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> there's, the one thing that I'll say is that the Bravo Real Housewives have been infinitely more entertaining than Miami Dolphins football. That, I mean, that's fair. As a lot of things have been more entertaining than Miami Dolphins football, particularly that game on Sunday. But listen, we got this game Thursday night. We got to look ahead to it. It's going to happen whether we like it or not. Is it going to be Jacoby Brissett at quarterback? Or is this some misdirection from Brian Flores? Is this, is this Brian Flores, the old, the old gamesman out there? He's messing, messing with Harbaugh, messing with the Ravens, making him think that they're going to get Jacoby Brissett. And then Thursday's going to come around. Jake Dolagala. No, maybe, maybe Tua starts. I don't know. Either way, either way. At this point in time, it's just hard to imagine that. Listen, the Dolphins are going to trot the same guys out there. It's like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. This offensive line is a shambles. You know, it's bad. You got Lemuel St. Pierre has got the is the the offensive line coach, and he's got uh, these five guys are all supposed to be on the same page. They're not even in the same book. These guys are it's a disaster week in and week out. Jesse Davis. I don't ever want to see him again. Austin Jackson, I don't want to see him again. Liam Eikenberg is performing poorly right now. The rookie. And granted, he's got time. We're going to give him time, give him more opportunity, see if he can put it together. Hopefully, we can put a different offensive line coach and a different head coach and a different everything for him next year, and we can see some real improvement. But at any rate, this offensive line is a mess, and that it almost doesn't matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Tua, whether it's Jacoby, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it's Dan Marino. This offensive line isn't helping anybody's cause. 
But either way, there's going to be a football game Thursday night, and the Miami Dolphins are going to be playing in it, and they are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. So, Brian, as we do all the time, we got to make a prediction. So, what is your prediction for Thursday night when your Miami Dolphins host Lamar Jackson, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Mark Andrews, Ray Lewis. Who else? Brandon Stokely. Brandon Stokely. Trent Dilfer. An old, an old Rod Woodson. Elvis Gerbach crying on the sidelines. Oh, what are we? What? What are the? What's going to happen on Thursday when the Dolphins take on these Baltimore Ravens? Uh. We're going to lose. We're going to lose bad. The only question is, do we lose by 40 points? And I think that we're down 45 to 10 and the Ravens have the football inside the five yard line and they take a knee and they have pity on the Miami Dolphins and they only win by 35. Ravens 45, Miami Dolphins 10. Wow. Hey, we didn't, we're not going to lose by 40. That's good. And we're not going to give up a 50-burger, which I'm into. I'm into that but only as well. because they only because they try not to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like the, like the Bucks. Um, all right. Yeah, I, it's, it's just hard to be positive. It, here's the thing. If, if Jacoby Brissett starts, I think there's a reasonable chance we get shut out. If Tua plays... I think we'll move the ball. We'll look good enough to at least get a score, probably early. We'll probably score first. We'll probably be winning at the end of the first quarter because that's something this team does. Uh, So I'm going to say the Dolphins lose this game by a score of 38 to 13. We're going to keep it close. (laughs) So I've got us losing by 35. You've got us losing by 25. Yeah, I, listen, I, I, and there's a possibility that the Dolphins could come out and they can figure something out, you know, and they're able to make some things click offensively to score. I doubt it at this point. I don't know if there is some sort of like secret bag of tricks that the Dolphins are waiting to unveil. I don't know what they're waiting for, but maybe this is the time. Maybe Thursday is the time for them to get creative and suddenly they're doing all kinds of wacky stuff, but they don't really have the personnel to execute the wacky stuff, right? Bowden, Lynn Bowden is hurt. They, you know, they've got one speedy receiver. It's Jalen Waddle, and you know they only use him to do like you know five yard outs. At so, the end of the day, you have to be able to block and tackle. The the Dolphins can't block and tackle. You could you could throw all the gimmicks in the world out there, but if you can't block and tackle, you can't win football games. Uh, the Ravens can block and tackle. The Dolphins can't, and that's why the Ravens are going to win. The Dol- sure, the, the, what I thought you were going to say, there's a chance that the Dolphins could go out there and figure some things out and manage to only lose this game by two touchdowns. Be that, nice. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. That that's literally with any playoff team that we're going up against, the hope is just that we can keep it close. Yeah. That's it, because I, I don't have any kind of realistic expectation that the Dolphins are going to win this game on Thursday night. And honestly, if you're a Dolphins fan, you might have hope that they can win a game. And sure, I hope that they could figure something out and, and find a way to win this game. But do I have any kind of expectation that they're going to? No, no. But after this, hey, then it's Jets week. We get to sing the song. 
we'll sing the song next week. We're going to figure out what our schedule is here coming up because, uh, you know, Thanksgiving is on the horizon. So things will be uh, a little bit different than usual here in the, in the, the next couple of weeks here. So, so keep a close eye on our Twitter account at same old dolphins. I'm at amplified to rock. He's at Aaron, the brain, and you can take a look at uh, our, our Twitter machine so that you, um, you know what is coming up and when it's happening so that you can make sure that you catch us live. But the best thing to do is subscribe to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode when we go live or when Tom goes live or when Mike and Ian go live. You know, all kinds of things are going to be coming up here on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Also, make sure that you're subscribed to the same old Dolphin show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everywhere that you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a positive review. Even if you don't agree with us, it's okay to still leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Yeah, you. The one who's looking at us like we're crazy right now. Yeah, you. Leave us that five-star rating, baby. You know you. Last to. thing I'll say before, before you uh, kind of sign off here. Jesus is, Christ. Look, <laughs> whether you like us or not, and you agree with us or not, at the end of the day, much like the Dolphins... We're still entitled to trip over our own dicks every now and then. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you know what? The thing is, we're not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and fill you with false hope and promises of wonderful things to come. Right? I would love to. I would love for there to be wonderful things to come. As of right now, they, they are certainly not imminent. But hopefully they are on the horizon. So uh, make sure also, of course, make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. And make sure that you visit Manscaped.com. Use the promo code DolphinsTalk. Save 20% off. You get some uh, for, you get some good gimmicks to make sure you got your nice, nice smelling uh, under the belt area, you know. And uh, you also want to make sure that you head on over to BetUS and use the promo code Dolphins Talk. Get a 125% sign-on bonus if you have not done so already. Online betting is about to be legalized here in New York State, so that's pretty exciting as well for uh, you know those you know people like Mike who go down to yeah they go go down to the casino to place a bet. Now he'll be able to just do it from the comfort of his own living room, punching things right into the phone. So that is going to do it. I'm not sure when we're going to be back with the uh, Ravens recap show, uh, possibly over the weekend. It might not be until early next week, but we will be back. We will be talking about it, and uh, we'll continue to talk about the Miami Dolphins because that is what we do here on the same old Dolphin show. But in the meantime, for Amber the Brain, this is Josh, Amplified to Rock. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team.